needs any kind of complete list of all the free agents who've either been signed by other teams right in Pittsburgh's payroll range or nearby. And I'm not going to get into how all these... Well, yeah, actually, I am. I I am going to do all of this. Good, good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Ben Charrington's offseason to date has consisted of the following parentheses, insert one full minute of dead air, and parentheses. That's it. That's it. There's some minor league. I already forgot the dude's name. Some minor league guy he picked up, minor league contract. I don't even think it was a pitcher, position player, who's 26 years old and whatever. Played for the Twins. Maybe some of you follow the team closely enough or desperately enough to know who this is. I actually don't care. We have seen the Cardinals sign not one, not two, but three pitchers. We have seen the Reds sign not one, not two, but three pitchers. We've seen the Cubs sign players. We have seen the Cubs in on a lot of activity. The only two teams in the division that have been dormant are the two that were expected to be dormant, albeit for very different reasons. One is Milwaukee because they're kind of in a backward mode, having lost Brandon Woodruff, now apparently being poised to lose Corbin Burns as well. With a year left to go in free agency on both sides, apparently the team and the player having agreed to, let's see what can be worked out as far as a trade goes. That's not going to be a trade that Milwaukee wins in the short term. So the Brewers are where they are. And I don't think they're going to collapse into something awful, but they're not going to be aggressive. They're not going to be adding. And then there's the Pirates who've done nothing at all as God is my witness. I'm not playing Joe talk show host here with you. We've now gotten to a stage of free agency where I, I don't want to say all the best of the best are gone because they're not. I don't want to say the entire middle class of free agency is gone because it's not. But what we have seen unmistakably is that three other teams in the central have been active. And the Pirates have not. So since you're not going to hear from Charrington until the winter meetings next week in Nashville, all there is to know about what they've done to date is that they've done nothing and that they haven't been in on anything individually. Yes, it's been made clear, including by Charrington himself, at least verbally, that the Pirates were going to be going for it as far as getting those two starting pitchers, first baseman, and maybe more. And none of it's occurred yet, and there hasn't been a trace of it occurring yet. I can't be convinced on the first day of December that if the Pirates weren't even in on, at least not significantly in on, player X or player Y or player Z who signed somewhere, 
And I'll repeat that nothing of the kind has come out. And this is the time of year, and this is the scenario in which that information does come out. Because this is the one thing, without boring you with all kinds of media slash reporter stuff, free agency is the one thing that you can get as a reporter from the agents without having to involve the teams. And therefore, it's easier information to come by than, let's say, for example, trades, which most often have nothing to do with the agents. They're between one general manager and another general manager, and you don't hear anything about it most often until, bang, it's occurred. Not so for free agency. Believe you me, it is in the interest of the player's paid representative to have as many teams known as possible who are in on his guy because that only builds up the market. And it doesn't matter in this case if it's the Dodgers or the Yankees or whoever. If it's the Pirates, then it's just another team. It's more of a market that's been built. It's more of a positive reflection on that agent, by the way, to his player. The player himself wants to know that his agent is doing good work, and a big part of doing good work is rounding up as much interest as possible and then putting it out there. I was on the day-to-day baseball beat for a long time, and... You've got to trust me, every time the Pirates were actually in on somebody, I found out about it, and I found out about it without having to dig. I'd get a text from that agent with whom I'd have a relationship with. Hey, by the way, guess who called today? Well, it was Neil Huntington, and he said he's da 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 Between us, off the record, whatever else here. But... I could go and report to you that the Pirates were interested in that player because I had it from the agent. I didn't have to quote anybody. I didn't have to say who the source was. I'd just tell you that the Pirates were interested in that player. That's not happening. That's not happening for anyone this winter. I don't have some hard conclusion here. I'm not in any sort of state of excessive criticism or panic or anything like that. But I'm having a really hard time dovetailing the concept of wanting to unturn every stone that's available to you as a franchise toward building a winner in 2024 with doing nothing on this one very prominent front. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone and you do the rest it's a ton of fun it's a great meal and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in pittsburgh north shore tavern right across federal street from pnc park your front door your car your bike your computer your gun 
Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Tom, who says, As the Pirates look to improve their roster this offseason, is it time to upgrade the broadcast booth as well? Listening to Bob Walk is like watching a game with my old grumpy grandpa. Some of these color commentators need to go. Tom, the first thing I'll do with your question is to clarify for everybody else what the difference is between play-by-play people and color commentators. You sound as if you're lumping them all into that category. That's not how it works. Greg Brown and Joe Block are the play-by-play people. They're not color commentators in any capacity. So if you're referring to everybody, then calling those two guys color commentators is incorrect. As for the Pirates' actual broadcasts, I've shared this with people before, and I'll do so here. I don't listen to broadcasts. I don't do it in any sport. When I'm covering a game any game, any team, any sport, anywhere, I don't have the television on. Obviously, I'm just there in the press box watching the game. There are silent monitors in every press box. Again, all sports, all teams, all venues. But there's never sound up. There's no reporter that would stand for that. We're, you know, we're, we're there to do our own job. We don't need to hear what other people have to say about it. We just watch the games. So when I'm forced to watch a game on television, I will actually do it with the sound all the way down. Not as any form of protest or any form of statement about the quality of the broadcast. For all I know, they're brilliant. I just prefer to not have the sound up. So I'm the last person to ask a question about the quality of broadcasts. Now, that said... I do deal with the broadcasters in terms of talking to them, in terms of, you know, just being a human being with them on a very regular basis. And if your stance is that you'd have nothing to gain from Bob Walk and what he has to offer about baseball based on his knowledge, based on his intelligence, based on his Wit, uh, based on, I think he's just a spectacular guy. I mean, I, I can't vouch for whatever your grumpy grandpa thing is, okay? But if you think that you have nothing to gain in terms of baseball knowledge from him or from John Wayner or from Neil Walker or from Kevin Young or from Michael McHenry or from Steve Blass when he was doing it, I am going to humbly submit that you're mistaken because there's an avalanche of knowledge that they could drop onto your head about baseball. An avalanche. And here's something else that I'll share with you. Whenever teams stink, their announcers stink. 
When teams are good, their announcers are good in the public eye. That's just how it goes. That's how it's been for a million years. You won't hear any of these gentlemen suggest such a thing in public. You won't hear them certainly bring it up on a broadcast. But believe you me, they're aware of it because some of them have been around long enough to remember how they were treated very, very differently from 2013 to 15 than they've been in, oh, say, the other 40 years around it. I know what this is like myself. My columns about the pirates stink when they stink. No one ever writes to say, wow, DK, that was a great column on that 3-2 loss to the Padres last night in San Diego in the 10th inning. You just really captured that moment really well. I don't know where I'd have been this morning if I hadn't been able to count on your thorough coverage from Petco Park. No one does that. Because the column didn't make them feel anything good. It just reminded them of a bad thing or... If they didn't stay up to watch that game, it informed them of a bad thing. Therefore, I'm a bad person. In addition to being a bad columnist, bad journalist, you name it. But when I wrote off the blackout game, my Pirates coverage was, oh, yeah, DK, you were the greatest, whatever else here. I'm not making fun of it. I appreciated all of it. It's just that I'm aware of the difference. I'm aware of the difference in the reaction for putting in the same work. I will work just as hard on that 3-2 loss in 10 innings in San Diego as I will on the blackout game. It's no different to me. But it's perceived differently because of how it makes you feel. When you hear Greg Brown or Joe Block calling a game right now, what you associate those voices with is failure. It's not their failure. It's the failure of the product on the field. But you're going to associate it. It's just a negative trigger for you. I appreciate the question. Think about this. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Pirates, especially this time of year. You're nuts. Let's do it again Monday. 